Hopefully my uh, congestion and coughing will not be too much of a distraction to you this morning. We'll make it through by God's grace. Uh, it's been hanging on now for, I think that we're on the fifth week of it. And so uh, I hear it can be last two months or longer. So anyway, we'll deal with the best we can. And the best we can is I'm going to preach through it. The devil can not get the victory this morning. All right. If you've ever been traveling down a highway and then the highway conditions changed, it became such that you had trouble making out the lines on the road, maybe even the signs along the roadway. I don't know if you've ever faced any situation like that before, but it's, uh, it's both hazardous and it's very frightening. It's happened to me a couple of times. Those lines are put on the road to establish boundaries for our safety and protection as well as for others on the road with us. Uh, Warning signs are there also for our protection and for our direction. We know that there are a variety of different conditions that can make it hard to see and distinguish those established boundary lines and signs on the road. Things such as dense fog when I was a teenager and didn't really have a lot of driving experience. We had a very dense fog on the road that I lived on. And I remember being scared out of my wits that I was going to be hit by a, a driver coming the other way. I had to open the door to make out the road. That's how bad it was. I uh, looked down at the road and know where, I knew where the middle of the road was at. And it uh, was not good. It was not good. But... Um, Sometimes it may be uh, a, something such as heavy smoke or it could be a driving rainstorm where the rain's going sideways instead of down. Uh, it might be a flooded roadway or snow or blizzard conditions that make things uh, difficult to figure out. And sometimes even darkness does it. Uh, I'm one of those that have a little bit of trouble driving at night sometimes, um, especially when the lines have aged and faded from view, uh, when your headlights aren't clearly lighting your way. Any of those things can make for some dangerous conditions. But listen, when, when those lines are blurred, or signs are moved or obscured by deliberate, intentional acts of others, I'm talking about vandalism, that's not only dangerous, but it's just plainly wrong. And it goes against what makes for a safe society. Now I've said all that not just to remind us of the danger of blurred lines and signs, but I want us to see and understand how some very important lines and signs that were established by God along this uh, highway that we call life, amen, he, he established some things that and those are being intentionally blurred and obscured by Satan and by his children who walk in darkness with him. And uh, this is really the, the, probably the most important of the messages. There will probably be a series of messages of unknown number. Okay, I don't have the whole series made out beforehand. Um, but there are some things in my mind that we're going to look, look at as the Lord 
gives us uh, the ability to do it. And as we look at a number of lines that have been a, a, a blurred or are being blurred and signs that have been obscured by our enemy, um, I hope to be a help to you in these last days that we live in. I want to begin today, like I said, with what I consider to be the most important line, and that is the line of God's authority. And we're going to be particularly looking at the Lord Jesus Christ because he, uh, he is the one who's been given all authority. Uh, when we talk about the line of God's authority, we're talking about one God manifested in three persons. And when there's not three gods, there's one God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, but one God manifested in three persons, the great three in one. Don't understand it, but I believe it because that's what the Bible teaches. Amen. And uh, when I know when the USA was founded, the vast majority of its leaders both recognized and honored God's authority, including the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's no longer the case. And sadly, there are many who deny that our founding forefathers founded it relying on God and His Word at all. But the evidence still remains a part of our history in spite of their attempts to rewrite history. If you look at real history, it's there. It's in spite of the fact that the leftists in our land deny this and uh, that God has any authority, or His Word has any, uh, anything for them. Amen. They deny His authority in their life. They, and they try to obliterate the very name of God and they try to obfuscate the, the, the influence of God in our nation's founding. You know it's true. It's very easy to see that that's happening. Um, and this can, can also be seen in the attacks against God, His Word, and especially against the authority of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how they hate the name of Christ. I mean, they're... Um, there are uh, preachers sometimes that are called to uh, pray before things such as maybe a legislature or a board of commissioners, and they're instructed not to pray in the name of Jesus. Think about that. Why? Because they, didn't, they, they don't believe in Jesus' authority. Jesus is the only name to be prayed in. Uh, he's the only one that is God. And uh, the Word of God is very clear about who Jesus is. Um, there, I hope you have found John chapter number 1. I didn't say it up front, but it's on your sheet. And I hope you got a sheet when you came in the front door. There's some more that are laying back there on the table if you didn't get one of the yellow sheets. But that will help you this morning as we try to move through this uh, maybe a little quicker than normal, maybe not turning to as many places as we might normally do, but uh, anyway, that's for the sake of my throat and uh, voice. So this morning, as we take a look at these things, uh, I, I trust that whatever we don't look up, that you will take time to, to look up. You, I've given you the references there as we look at the subject of of uh, the fact that uh, Jesus is the authority. I mean, the, the line of God's authority is, is being blurred uh, in our nation and around the world. 
And we need to recognize him for the authority that he is. In Genesis 1.1, of course, we know the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And John chapter 1 tells us that it was the Son that did this, that it was the Word. John chapter 1, look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him uh, was not anything made that was made. Now you compare that to Colossians chapter 1, verse uh, 16. That's not, that's not in your references there, but you want to write it in there. Colossians 1, 16, Paul said, For by Him, speaking of Jesus, for by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. Jesus is Creator God. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And speaking about Jesus, hey, Jesus was there. And Jesus was the one who spoke things into existence. And um, uh, we know that to be the case uh, when you compare who it says the word there. Who is the word? Well, if you look down in verse number 14, it tells us very clearly who the word is. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He was made flesh. He was manifested to show us the Father. He was manifested to, in this world to, uh, to, to show us God himself. Jesus is the Emmanuel. We just got through the Christmas season. And Emmanuel's in the songs that we sing, is in the messages that we preach. That word means God with us. It was prophesied in Isaiah seven fourteen that the Messiah would be uh, the uh, the Emmanuel, and it was fulfilled in Matthew chapter number one, verse twenty two and through twenty three. Now understand that Jesus is more than just a good person. When you take a look at uh, folks today, those that are in leadership, they will a lot of times acknowledge that yeah, Jesus was a good person, he was a good teacher, or he was just a, he was a nice religious leader. But I want you to understand that you know, if Jesus was just a good person from history, then it wouldn't really be a big deal if we ignored his person. But he's more than that, okay? There have been a lot of so-called good men who have not gained the recognition or respect that other people feel they should have gained while they were alive. But Jesus is not in that group. Okay, Jesus is more than just a good person. Jesus is more than just a good teacher. Now, if, he was, if he was just a good teacher, then it wouldn't be a really big deal if we choose to ignore his teachings. Okay? Uh, there have been a lot of good teachers whose teachings have gone unheeded both during their lifetime and after their lifetime. Now, if Jesus was just another religious leader who formed a following, claimed that he was God, and then faded off the scene while his religion went on, he would be just one of the many who have done something similar or done just that. And it wouldn't be a really big deal if we just picked and chose 
uh, what we want to believe of what he said and if we just chose not to believe him at all. Okay? It's, uh, we would see ourselves as the authority. And that's what the world does. The world looks at themselves as being the authority. They obfuscate, they obliterate uh, the fact that Jesus is uh, the, the authority. He's the authority. Listen, Jesus was and is more than just a good person. And by the way, he was the, the only good person. Okay, when people they talk about good people in the world, there, there are none. No, by, by and large, none, none that doeth good. No, not one. They may appear to be good on the outside, but God knows the heart. Jesus was and is more than just a good teacher. Jesus was and is more than just another religious leader who claimed to be God. He was and is very much God. Okay? I want you to understand that. That's where his authority comes from. He is God. He is God. Jesus not only claimed to be God, and make no mistake, Jesus did claim to be God. There's some religions out there that say, well, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. Oh, yeah, he did. And that's the reason why they picked up stones trying to stone him because they knew what he was well, uh, they, they, they considered the things that Jesus was saying blasphemy because he was saying basically that he was God. And he showed himself to be God through his miracles and through his resurrection. And because Jesus is God, listen, he has all authority. And that's what we mean when we say that Jesus is Lord. He's got the right to call the shots in our lives. Amen. He's the authority. He is Lord. And Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 18, All power is given me in heaven and in earth. Now we know from experience that the person with the power is the one in authority, don't we? The person with the power is the one in authority. Well, Jesus is that authority that is above all authority. I want you to understand that uh, uh, there's no leader of a kingdom that could do anything uh, on their own. If, if God wanted to stop them from doing what they're going to do, he, he very well could. And um, Think about our own nation. Who is it that really controls our country's economy? If you listen to the presidential candidates, the senators, the congressmen, you think that any number of them are in control or think that they're going to be in control when they get in office. They are not in control. Okay? They can spout all they want to about what they're going to do to spur economic growth. Nevertheless, can I tell you, they're all at the mercy of the chairman of Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell. Hmm? He's the one that calls the shots on that. And, um, but let me let you in on something. There's one who is in control of Jerome Powell, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the one that allowed him to be put in that position. And Jesus is the one who can bring him down. Amen? Romans chapter 13, verse number 1 says, For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Philippians 2, verse number 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, speaking of Jesus, 
and given to him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But the lines of Jesus' authority are being blurred by the enemy, our enemy, the devil, and his cohorts. Now I want us to look at Jesus' authority. We see in Scripture how our Lord's authority was questioned. It's, it's, it's nothing new for Jesus' authority to be questioned because we see how our Lord's authority was questioned by some before he ever became flesh. Before he ever became flesh. The Lord's authority was questioned by Satan. Back in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 15, and we see the I wills of, of Satan before he, before he even uh, had any, any inkling of uh, what was ahead. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. The Lord's authority was questioned by Satan and mankind in the Garden of Eden. We know that Satan challenged the authority of God when he spoke to Eve the words in Genesis 3 and verse number 1. Yea, hath God said? That's a question. Never put a question mark where God has put a period. Amen. Yea, hath God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Had God say, said that? He did. God did tell them they should not eat of every tree of the garden. They could eat of all except that one. Genesis 3, 4, uh, Satan further went on, the serpent went on and said, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Listen, when he said, Ye shall not surely die, he went in direct opposition to what the Lord said. The Lord said, The day that thou eatest, thou shalt surely die. And even... Then, you know, in spite of what the Lord had told them, Adam and Eve ate of the tree that they were told not to eat from, and that's how we got in all this mess that we're in, the mess of sin. That's why we're here today, amen, to see how the Lord and his authority undid that. That was done by sin. Now, the, the Lord's authority was questioned even in Noah's day as well. Listen to Genesis 6, verse 11 and 12. He says, the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, much like today, amen. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt for all flesh, listen, all flesh had corrupted His way upon the earth. God's way, corrupted God's way. You see how God's way is being corrupted in this earth even today? It just is. Uh, and that's because... Uh, folks question the Lord's authority. And the Lord's not going to tell me what to do. Well, um, He's still in charge. He may let you get by with that for a little while, but uh, uh, you're not going to really get by with it. The Lord's authority was questioned in Noah's day. The Lord's authority was questioned by Pharaoh in Egypt. Remember that? Pagan king in Exodus chapter 5, verse 2. <coughs> Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? <laughs> um, that's pretty cocky, isn't it? That's what it was. 
And he says, I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Well, ten plagues later, he was driving them out of Egypt. The Lord's authority may have been questioned, but the Lord got what he wanted. The Lord's authority was questioned by his chosen people as well. And that's what's sad. In 1 Samuel 8, verse number 7, uh, says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. They wanted a king like all the other nations. But God was supposed to be their king. The Lord was wanting to be their king. Yeah? But they didn't want to look to him as king. So we see in Scripture how our Lord's authority was questioned by some before he ever became flesh. We see in Scripture also how the Lord's authority was questioned by many after he became flesh. His authority was questioned by the devout men of his day. Those in the synagogues, including the the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders and the Sadducees, they questioned his authority. These were the very ones who should have recognized his authority. They were supposed to be men of the book, men of the scriptures. But we see that uh, their reaction to the Lord Jesus Christ when he came into this world. Um, in Mark chapter 1, we see, we see it in their astonishment. In Mark 1, verse 21 and 22, says, And they, they went uh, into Capernaum and straightway on the Sabbath day he entered into the synagogue and taught. They're talking about Jesus entered into the synagogue in Capernaum and taught. It says, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Um, they were astonished. We see it in their amazement in verse 26 and 27. When the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For what, with, what, with authority he commandeth even the, the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. But we also see it in their antagonism. In Mark chapter number 2, verses 5 through 7, it says, When Jesus saw their faith, talking about the four that bore the, the one that was sick of the palsy. So he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But notice verse 6, But there were certain of the scribes sitting there, and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Uh, the reason they reasoned it because they were antagonistic toward the Lord. They were antagonistic in verse 16 also, that same chapter when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners. They said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans? And sinners. So they were very antagonistic against our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We see it in their animosity toward him in chapter number 3 
of Mark, Mark 3, verse number 6, says, And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Very early on, they determined they were going to get rid of this Jesus. They didn't like him uh, with his authority. And they were going to bring him down, they thought, uh, and, uh, because they saw themselves as the authority. We see it in their announcement there in Mark chapter number 3 and verse number 22. And um, the scribes, it says there, which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. What a thing to say about the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, that's the, um, that right there is the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost that Jesus was talking about. And because they were attributing the things that Jesus did to the devil. We see, um, see it in uh, their arrest of the Lord Jesus Christ as, as well in, in Mark chapter 14, verse 43. I'm not going to turn there. But uh, they had Jesus arrested. Think about it. Having, having the, the authority of, of all of, all of uh, the universe arrested. That's pretty bad. We see it in their accusations against him in Mark 15, verse 3, and also in Luke 23, and verse 2. And Luke 23, verse 2 says, We found this fellow perverting the nation. Who perverted the nation? It was the, it was the Pharisees and the Sadducees that were perverting the nation and perverting the very word of God. And they accused him, and they said that he would forbade giving tribute to Caesar saying that he himself is Christ the King. John 18, verse 28, and, said, and when they had uh, brought Jesus there and uh, accused him, um, they said, if he were not a male factor, we would have not have delivered him up unto thee. They had already made judgment. Uh, they already determined he was guilty of being a male factor. Um, but they were the ones in the wrong. We see it in their activity. Um, in Mark chapter number 15 and verse number 11, um, there's talks about their... Uh, Mark 15 and verse number 11 says, But the chief priests moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. Talking... This is talking about Pilate. When Pilate was going to release one or the other of them on the feast day. And they, they, uh, uh, the chief priests moved against the Lord Jesus Christ. His authority was questioned by those, um, these very ones who had taken and robbed God's authority for themselves. They added they added to the Word of God and they went more by their traditions and by what they had added to the Word of God than they did the Word of God. And that's seen in Mark chapter number 7, verses 6 through 9. I'm not going to read that. But his authority was questioned by devout men. His authority was questioned by his disciples. In Mark 4, verses 39 through 41, there's a story of, of Jesus uh, uh, saying to the winds and the waves, Peace, be still. And 
the, uh, uh, his disciples said, What manner of man is this that even the wind and sea obey him? It's, I don't think at that point they even understood that he was God in the flesh. His own disciples did. His authority was questioned by his own countrymen. Talking about those that were uh, where he was raised in Nazareth. We see that in Mark chapter number 6 as they, uh, they were ready to uh, uh, cast him headlong because of uh, his, uh, uh, the things that he was saying. It's in Luke chapter number 4 where they tried to cast him headlong. But uh, they, let's take a look at um, Mark chapter number 6, verse number 1. It says, And he went out from thence and came into his own country, talking about Nazareth, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? They didn't understand. They, they were having trouble because they saw Jesus in the wrong way. Verse number 3. They saw him as a mere man. He said, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Why? Because they thought his authority that he was exercising was a feigned authority. They didn't see him as having their actual authority. Look at what Jesus told them there in verse 4 through 6. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. But he didn't let it stop him. He went round about the villages teaching, it says there. So his authority was questioned by his own countrymen. But listen, his authority is still questioned by many today. When we tell folks that we, uh, we do something because the Lord told us that's what we're supposed to do, um, you know, people don't recognize that authority. We are to recognize that authority. We're to submit to the authority of, of God's Word, what the Lord has told us in His Word. Here's the third thing. Understand that while Jesus' authority was questioned by many, it was unquestioned by some. His authority was not questioned by some of the demons. When the, when the demons that were in other folks were around Jesus, uh, they recognized him and what he could do to them and cried out to him to not do that. I'll leave it to you to look those passages up. But Mark 1, verse 23 through 26, verse 34, and, and Mark 3, verse 11, and Mark 5, verse 7, and verse 13. His authority was not questioned by many who were diseased. I mean, people heard that Jesus was healing. What did it cause them to do? Bring their sick. <laughs> they would bring the sick out to Jesus. Why? Because, hey, they, they recognized that this man was, there was something different about him. And in Mark 1, verse 32, 34, and verses 40 through 42, he, uh, there, there, was, uh, there was a folks that were bringing them out, 
bringing their sick out to Jesus. And, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, He healed those that were brought. Mark 1, verse 32 says, And, and at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto Him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. The devils knew him. These folks, um, they were recognizing his authority to do what uh, he was doing. His authority was not questioned by some who were dead. Don't you think about that? Jairus' daughter is mentioned in Mark 5, verse 41 through 42. Jesus simply said to her, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And what did she do? She arose. <laughs> Jesus, standing out in the graveyard at the tomb of Lazarus, said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth. If he had just said, come forth, the whole graveyard would have resurrected. But he called Lazarus by name in John 11, verse 43. His authority was not questioned by others of his creation. Uh, by, by, think about creation, the, the winds and the waves recognized him when he said, peace be still, and they, that's exactly what they did. Even his own creation rec recognized him. But what we really need to see and understand is that regardless of whether Jesus' authority is questioned or not, in reality there is no question of his authority. Understand that just because someone has a question about one's authority, that doesn't minimize that person's authority. Our son, Philip, when he was uh, a kid, he loved to play baseball. I remember one year we were out at the uh, Dixie League baseball game, and we were witnesses to a man being told he had to leave the ballpark by an umpire. And that fellow thought, that umpire doesn't have any power over me. Umpire turns to the police officer and said, would you escort this man and show him that I do have the power to send him home? And that police officer escorted him out of the way. Just because he didn't recognize that umpire's authority and decided to cause a ruckus doesn't minimize that person's authority. Understand also that there are consequences to disregarding authority. You know, sometimes we're fooled into thinking that otherwise because the authorities that we're familiar with are not always aware that we are disregarding them and sometimes we get away with disregarding authority. Case in point, have you ever run a stop sign, rolled through it? You ever, uh, you ever sped, went over the speed limit? Yeah, it, you're, you, there's only one problem with that mindset of you know I can get away with it. Is that uh, as it relates to the authority of Jesus, nothing escapes Jesus. He knows absolutely everything about us. Everything. Hebrews four verse thirteen says, "Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight." 
But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. He knows exactly what your thoughts have been while you've been here today. Ooh. Have your thoughts been what they should be while you've been here? Hope so. The proof of the Lord Jesus Christ's authority comes in the judgment. Believers will stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. I think most of us profess to know the Lord as our Savior, but we're going to be judged one day. We're going to stand before Him. As Paul says in Romans 14, verse 10, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And in Romans 14, verse 12, he says, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So when you're standing before the judgment seat of Christ, you're standing before God. You're giving account of yourself to God. He's the authority. Unbelievers will stand before Jesus at the great white throne of judgment. According to Revelation 20 and verse 12, it says, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. I want you to think about this. All of these people, whether it be in our nation or whether it be some, some, somewhere, someone outside of our nation that says, God's not going to tell me what to do. Jesus is not going to tell me what to do. When he says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. When he has his angels cast them in the lake of fire, they will understand his authority then. Doesn't matter how small they are or how great they are. Doesn't matter what they attained. A lot of folks have been in, in political office for so long and and uh, uh, they think that they can't be touched. But listen, they're going to stand before the Lord one day. Let me ask this morning in closing. Who do you see as the ultimate authority in your life? You know, we can say one thing with our lips. We can say Jesus is Lord, right? But what does your life say? You're, are you listening to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is He calling the shots in your life? Are you really recognizing the authority of Jesus in your life? You will one day. It's best for us to go ahead and start doing that now. Amen? You may call Jesus your Lord. However, are you being obedient to Him? Jesus said these words, and they're, they're very... Uh, Convicting if, if he's not your Lord. Luke 6, verse 46, he says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Okay. We can call him Lord, but if we're not obeying him, we're not showing him to, to, that, that we recognize his authority in our life. You know, we can call uh, on the lack of recognition of Jesus' authority and other folks' lives, it's easy for us to see that, but a lot of times it's not so easy for us to see it in our own life. Don't let the lines be blurred. Don't be fooled into thinking that Jesus is not the one calling the shots because He is. And we're going to give account to Him one day. And I trust that if you're not 
where you need to be at in your life, whether, uh, number one, hope that you're saved. If you're not saved, come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today. And if you are saved, recognize that soon and very soon, we could be standing before Him. One of these days, we will stand before Him and give an account to the one who has the ultimate authority. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for the authority of Your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank You for the Word of God. Lord, those of us that know You, we should know that You are the authority. And we should recognize Your authority. And we ought to obey You rather than men. And Lord, no matter how this world tries to obliterate the truth of who Jesus is, He will forever remain. Because He's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. He's always been God. He is God now. And He always will be God. He, he has been a Lord in the past. He's Lord in the present. And He will be Lord in eternity future. Lord, it saddens our heart when Your name is being tried to, to be obliterated from the foundings of this great nation that You allowed us to be a part of. Lord, we, we know that uh, uh, these things, many of the things that we're talking about are engraved in stone. But the, the, if the left has their way, they're going to uh, sandblast those out of the monuments that adorn uh, Washington, D.C. and other places in our nation. They don't want to hear the name of Jesus. They don't, they don't submit to the name of Jesus. But Lord, help us who know You, those of us who recognize You. Help us to lift up the name of Jesus Proclaim the name of Jesus because there's power in the name of Jesus. Help us to be um, what we ought to be. Help us to, when we say Lord, uh, it's because we are following you as Lord in our lives. Have your way in this invitation. If there's one that needs to be saved, help them to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.